Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavner, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are very good at finding themselves in, like when is the right time to tell your ex-boyfriend about your new boyfriend and why would anybody have a tantrum over an engagement party? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now, before we get things in motion, just want to share that this is a no-spoiler podcast. I don't look ahead. I don't read the episode descriptions. I avoid any online content to do with the show. And it makes for far more dramatic TV watching. I recommend you do it on any TV show. Just avoid spoilers. And it really makes the show that much better. (laughs) Just try it and see. Honestly. It really changes things. Now, I simply must jump in, delve straight into John and Susie. What the hell is going on? Whoa. I thought that Susie was this too good to be true, you know, Silver Dreams is going awry. She just emerges like this beautiful mirage for John. You know, she's encouraging him. She's making him believe in himself again. She's kind of sweeping him off his feet. You know, he's not somebody who copes very well in their own. He's been quite vocal about his loneliness. So I was just so happy for him that he found uh, somebody who didn't know John like the other townspeople know him. So, you know, he was make, <laughs> able to make a good impression on her. She doesn't know how stingy he is, how annoying he can be. And I just thought that... Susie was this gliding angel who just came to make John believe in love again. And now, what the hell is going on? Why is she going through his stuff? Why is she taking photos of his bills? What does she have to gain? Like, John is... Okay, he's he's famous for how tight he is. Like, like is she trying to rob him? I Like, what is she up to? Her and her big clothes... Just swooshing all around the bay, trying to find his secrets. But she's always talking about money. Asking about Jet. Oh, he must be doing well for himself in the city. Oh, and like you did well out of your divorce. And why didn't Marilyn get the house? And and then now calling him like Mr. President. She's putting him on this like weird pedestal almost and of doing a fair bit of like um mild gaslighting you know really driving a wedge in between him and not only Marilyn but especially especially Alf and you know getting them to leave the diner and don't say hi to him he's trying to spy on you now obviously I know it's all tied in with the campaign stuff but it's it's very very much working But at the same time, John almost can't believe his eyes, cannot believe that this is happening to him. So he's not going to be, he's almost a bit like starstruck. So he's not going to be able to see the wood from the trees here at all. And she's totally taking advantage of him. But I don't know why. Why? What's she doing? She's a real estate agent to the stars, it seems. So why, what business does she have trying to go through John's finances. So like, I think we know she's a legitimate real estate agent if she's worked with 
Tory and Christian and now with Lee and Justin with their big move. So I don't really understand what's going on there. What What's her motive? But like she lives so practically. She, you can tell that she's somebody who loves routine. You know, she's always looking her best, acting her best, very professional in everything she does. How does he believe her when she's hasn't figured out her the renting thing and she got her dates muddled. Is it a ruse? Is it so she can be taking more photos of his personal life? Is she just a like low-flying criminal that robs unsuspecting mid-50s men? <laughs> I don't know. What is going on? <laughs> and now... And as their campaign is heating up with slogans like <laughs> make the surf club great again. Oh, gross. So Trumpy and she's such an Ivanka. But now they've kind of sealed the deal with her inviting him to bed. You coming? How sultry. So now John's got himself a live in girlfriend who has a big question mark over her. So um, we'll see where Susie takes us to next. But anyway, on a lighter note, Torian Christian's engagement party was very cute. I just love how she stormed off for it. Like, what an embarrassing tantrum. <laughs> like, look, I know she hates surprises and she actually thought that Justin's tumour was back. But where's the... Ah, ha, 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 good one. Oh my God, I can't believe it. It makes walking into that party so embarrassing. Uh, just feel like, oh, sorry, I stormed off. Yeah, and her saying stuff like, how could Justin do this to me? <laughs> Can we just take a deep breath and relax and just try and enjoy it? Oh, I don't know. I just feel like Tori's reactions are very fierce at the moment. Or, you know, it's always this big reaction to things. And it's just like, whoa, Tori, just like have a laugh. Because it was this beautiful soiree. I really want to know what time of the day it was at because it was... It seemed like it was some kind of afternoon thing, but then Salt was set up like a nightclub with the disco ball. It was just such a glamorous evening. And some kind of love bomb exploded on the evening. Everyone was doing like hug dancing. There weren't even, there was barely any twirling. It was just all like gripping onto one another. And Jesus, Leah, when Justin was singing his song after all the speeches. Oh my God. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if she threw her knickers up at him, Janie. Uh, when I fully lolled out loud, when Tori was like, I feel like a third wheel of my own engagement party. <laughs> like, it was so true. I was like, whoa. But anyway, they definitely had sex on the beach and they make it so obvious. It's so good. But it wasn't smooth sailing for long when all the stuff goes down at the hospital. So... I think Lewis was right to be like, you can't operate. I saw you take a sip. And I know it was an hour ago, but in a way it's like it is negligent. It is poking another hole at Christian's integrity as a doctor, like to us, the audience, I think. But Lewis lost me then at the fight at the hospital because it just got so out of hand. And like the way he went about it was so wrong. So then when the patient died... They come to blows again and the outburst is even bigger. And the <laughs> Sorry. 
Christian laughed the whole time. Christian was really angry and very good at the doctor speak and the the channeling his inner McDreamy. And look, I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy to know that that's a good <laughs> acting of a doctor. But but he was doing it in this like V-neck button down T-shirt that was tucked into his jeans. Who tucks a t-shirt into your jeans? Obviously, I know they're in a hospital. He needs to be wearing, like, tucking his stuff in. But, like, he can't just be wearing an untucked t-shirt. But who wears a t-shirt? It looked like a vest. It looks like that stuff you wear, like, a long john thing. That You know those all-in-one suits that, I don't know, they remind me of cowboys or something. But then these had no sleeves on them. So he's wearing a t-shirt with a... It just looked too much like an undergarment for me, <laughs> for a doctor on duty. And the bells just really set it off because it was like, ooh, pajama chic, but make it formal. <laughs> it's just, oh, it just made me <laughs> not take his outburst that seriously. But anyway, he had a point. But this is why I love Tori Morgan. She's in the middle of these two feuding fellows, <laughs> fellows, and... She's able to act professionally, not lose her head, see them from both sides. She she didn't take uh, she didn't take Christian's side in the first instance. In the second one, she's kind of copping on that something's not right. And once Jasmine tells her the whole story behind Lewis and his anger, there's no one I would trust more to handle this better. <laughs> Honestly, there isn't. And it's all made so much worse that Christian doesn't remember who Lewis is. And it just gives Tori this amazing understanding. She wants to give Lewis a second chance. And in a way, she kind of has to give him a second chance because, well, you've Jasmine asking for such and talking about grief and things like that. But first, one thing is like, I don't understand how Lewis could act like that right before he's officially starting his new job. And he still doesn't really have the fear about starting. Well, he reassures Tori when he's brought into her office in a way, kind of brushing it off. But then also, he was quite smart about it, being like, well, patients come first. So, you know, I'm protecting them. Don't mind Christian and his ego. But at this, I don't know, if he wasn't really like, that'll never happen again. He never said that. Then on the other hand, we have Christian. He's so enraged. And Tori, cool as a cucumber, like bridles this stallion, extinguishes his fury so fast, so quickly. And even though she is in the middle, she's very good at compartmentalizing and going, okay, no, you guys both have to go through me. You can't have these outbursts. And it's very hard. Like, what is the right thing to do here? Lewis has all but signed the contract about to start. This is the off to a terrible beginning. Like, how do they get around this? So yeah, round one, I think Lewis had the upper hand. Round two, not so much Lewis. He kind of lost it there. So his grief is, I think, is kind of overtaking him. And he keeps being like, it's not a problem. And Jasmine's like, it is very much a problem. So if he can't make peace with this, he'll never move on. But yeah, at the same time, it's not really making Christian look good either. And a quick one on the Stuarts. So as if Alf isn't going through enough with this whole make the surf club great again business. And he's dealing with so much with Martha and who's really still blaming Rue and Alf for everything. And what I don't like is Martha uses Marimula 
almost as a blackmail of like, if you don't do what I want, I'm leaving to go there. And that's not really fair. So you can actually kind of see why Alf wanted her to sell it a while ago. And I know she said it's her safe place, but she can't go running off there. So I'm glad Rue talked her out of not going because it actually isn't safe. And it seems like she's like lucid one minute, not with it the next, in and out. And and then when Rue and Alf are trying to find her, you know, the last time she left, she left for 30 years. So you can understand why they're feeling a bit worried. But her thing with Irene today being like, I'm trapped. Get me out of here. They're watching my every move. And we didn't get half as much evil as we should have gotten out of Kieran. And now he's left Martha in this awful state. And I'm raging. And I'm raging for Alf and Rue. I don't know. I hope they get her help before she disappears again. Or if she disappears. No, no, no. Don't go, Martha. No, no, no. So it's official. It's curtains for Dean and Ziggy. She's made that quite clear. Big up. Shout out to Mac this week. Giving receipts of the relationship between Dean and Ziggy. She was just saying everything I was feeling about Ziggy. And I'm just so happy that it was being served to her straight. And obviously Mac is loyal to Dean. But even if Dean wasn't her brother, I feel like Mac would still be saying this in fairness. And calling out Ziggy. Like, if you want to move on, you have to be honest. So, and if you're not ashamed of what you're doing, stop hiding. And Ziggy gets so mad at her and does the kind of really intense, no blinky eyes. That's just like, oh, come on. Like, you're acting terribly and gutless. Finally got used. Love when they, they really hold on to the gutless usage. But then when they, one of them says, any character says it, you know, you know, they really mean it. Like if somebody called me gutless, I'd be so upset. Um, <laughs> but what's so annoying is, see, you can't handle the truth from, from Mac. But once Tani agrees, she's like, oh yeah, you know what? You're right. And that really annoys me. It's just, mm. Ziggy thinks that she's protecting Dean, but she's just protecting herself. That's it. She just doesn't want to hurt him. And like, I just think if you actually cared about Dean, you would cool off on the Tane thing. But you're just kind of like, oh, like, I'm sorry that I'm hurting you, but I'm still going to do it anyway. Like, it's such a selfish energy. So much so that she's giving Dean false hope. And not taking any responsibility at all. Being like, well, if he wants to think that, he can think that, but that's not what I meant. It was like, well, you said you wanted a fresh start with him and you walked off. (sighs) But anyway, she finally tells him and then it kind of turns into this whole, like, I hate hurting him. Mac, can you look after him? I'm so worried. And then through all this behaviour, she ends up getting this, like, great boyfriend out of Tane. Like, who knew? Like, is Tane a really good boyfriend? (laughs) In what world did this happen? He's just being really understanding and really nice. And, you know, you're allowed to be upset about Dean. And, you know, we can talk about these things. You don't have to pretend in front of me. And, like, I think you know Ziggy's in a terrible place when she's cleaning. When I've never seen her clean. She was... (laughs) But as Tana admitted that he'd never been in love, like, he's being a really good listener, boyfriend, and just wanting her to be herself, which is cute. I just kind of wish it wasn't Ziggy because I don't like the way she's hurt Dean. And I also think what a rebound this all is. And since when does Ziggy work out? Like you're going to the gym to like pump some iron. 
it's just, I know, like, I'd like to see it reciprocated. Like, she takes him surfing or something or it just, I don't know, just, I just don't know how I feel about that whole working out thing. I just, it doesn't, it's not saying right me. I know it's only small, but I don't know, not into it. But I do think this whole thing has brought Mac and Dean a little bit closer together. I don't know what I would have done if I was Mac and I had known what was going on. Should I have told Dean? What should I have done? But I think it was better that it came from from Ziggy herself because then Dean is made feel like he's not on the back foot and Ziggy eventually does the decent thing. So I'm glad he came around and they like didn't have big falling out over it. So... Hopefully something nice is on the horizon for Dean because Lord knows he deserves a break. And then speaking of Mac, she's got quite the predicament on her hands with Ari constantly inviting Mia everywhere. Like, bit of respect, bro. You've got a girlfriend. Not, not nice. And... The bit that I was like, if my boyfriend ever did that to me, oh, Lord, like it just really struck a chord with me if that ever happened. When Mia overstays her welcome, it gets a bit late, Mac fakes a yawn and then kind of hints like, oh, it's getting late. Maybe, you know, we call it a night. And Ari's like, oh, no, no, you go to bed there. I'll I'll wait up with Mia. Are you joking? Are you joking? Oh, my <laughs> That would really set me off. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm pretending to be tired. I want this girl out of our house. And now you're telling me to go to bed. Dismissing me. Ugh. But Ari and Mia, like, they're always standing so close to one another. Another thing that I would be like, get, just step back. Step back. It's like they're always, like, breathing the same air. Which is another strike in my eyes. Um, So you can understand why Mac is going, like, where do I fit in? Are you still in love with her? And he's not answering. He's not denying it. It's insane. It's incredible how quickly that relationship was just flipped over. Uh, Because this Ari and Mia train seems like it's steamrolling. It seems a bit unstoppable. So I don't know, really don't know how Mac competes with that. How do you compete with a love like that? It kind of pales. I just think it's hard for Mac because she obviously loves Ari dearly. Yes, they have their cheesy flirting. Yes, Tana used to fancy Mac and that was a bit strange. But I think they do have a in their own way. Uh, it's not a relationship I would want because I just cannot take the cringy flirty lines. I just can't. That would make my skin crawl. But I, it kind of seems like the most stability Mac has had in a long time. So you don't really just want to like step back and be like, okay, old girlfriend swan in there and like take my man but at the same time actions speak louder and I just think while Ari's saying that he loves Mac a lot he's not really acting that way so it's just sad and one final thing I really love when Mac went (laughs) to the diner i.e the dark side and had that cute little banter with Irene love it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just because you actually never see Mac in the diner. Uh, unfortunately, it was to discover that Ari and Mia were hanging out. But that's not the point. The point is the diner's her dark side. Lol. Um, but, but anyway. And like uncle, like nephew, we have an, pretty much the exact same situation happening 
with a Nick, Bella and Chloe triangle. Sorry, Bella and Mac should start some kind of support group because the exact same thing is happening. And how obviously things are platonic and like quite siblingy between Nick and Chloe. So there's nothing to really worry about there. But I really feel like if a girlfriend came up and asked me for some space, I certainly would not reply with get lost. <laughs> would you not be a bit mortified that somebody who's like, I just need a bit of time, my boyfriend, like we haven't seen each other that much. And you're to be like, absolutely not. I've known him longer. What a terrible response. Especially because Ryder spells it out and is like, do you know what she's going through? And Chloe's like, yeah, no, I know. It's like, well, Chloe, you've been through that exact same situation. Okay, yes, you were 10 when it happened. But when Ari got sent to jail, like your whole life was turned upside down. You've been through, you are the only person in this bay who knows what it feels like. Would you not, like it's the exact same thing. Would you not cut Bella some slack? Okay, unfortunately, Nick overhears the selfish cow comment. But I just feel like they were being so mean to Bella. It's just like, guys, she's been through a lot. Everything is falling apart in her life. Can we not just cut her a bit of slack? If she says she wants time alone alone with her boyfriend, just give it to her. Good grief. So uh, Chloe definitely gets the message. Whether she'll say it to Bella's face or not I don't know I don't really see them being besties but thankfully Nick gets a message like don't be mean to her she's just her brother's basically died he's gone to prison for 50 years just you know if she wants some alone time stop inviting your yappy step cousin Ugh. speaking of yappy how boring is the banter between her and Ryder it's just I find her unbearable her first day of work was so annoying she's so rude and just thinks she can, like, strop around the place. I'm glad Ryder's calling her stuck up. Yes, it's going in one ear and out the other. But, you know, she just really thinks the whole world revolves around her. And I know it seems like she's upset about her mum and everything. But at the same time, like, you have to be professional. You can't be storming off after work. And uh, Like, you leave, well, then I'll leave. Kind of crap. And then they're, like, cracking smiles at each other. So if this is some kind of, like drawn out hate you but I love you some kind of flirty banter I'm not into it I find it really exhausting and can it move on from this like okay yes we've had a bit of back and forth but like now can we take to the next level rather than just it constantly they're constantly at each other ugh Well, that about wraps it up for me this week. If you like what you hear, I would love if you could rate, review and or subscribe to Summer Bays, but no pressure. If you want to get in touch, Summer Bays is on Instagram at Summer Bays Podcast. You can slide into my DMs and we can have some fan chats there. G'day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.